Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's get right to it with Michael Coyne, Dean of the Mass School of Law here in Bryan and Company. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Hey, did you get out to the to the water on Saturday or no? Uh, well, the only thing I got out to the water for was to take the dock out. So oh. it's, uh, the winter's coming fast. It is. It is, but Saturday was gorgeous. Uh, listen, oh, Saturday was, was beautiful. So... <clears throat> yesterday, late yesterday, I read that they reinstate the gag order on on Donald Trump. Now, I don't know if you read that. That happened late last night. But I, it's the U.S. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin. I don't know where these cases, like, does he have a gag order? I thought it was in, I don't know if it was in Georgia or in New York or D.C. Like, I don't really understand it. it it's in the New York case where he's charged with the business fraud um, and he's already been sanctioned twice uh, for violating the gag order and likely violated it yet again over the weekend when he talked about his former attorney general in a disparaging fashion and uh, is really pushing the limits of the court's patience in this regard that um, the court's been clear as to what he can and can't do, and he keeps pushing it. The likelihood is that he will at least be fined yet again at some point in the near future and at some point, the court is going to have to be pushed with whether they have to incarcerate him simply to ensure that the court's orders are followed. Well, his argument about First Amendment rights being violated, does does that have standing? No. Uh, well, obviously, everyone has First Amendment rights, including criminal defendants. But there really is a, a tension here between the idea about intimidating witnesses by harassment or threats, uh, the right to a fair trial, and people's First Amendment rights. And we're seeing it up here in a uh, different case where a member of the press has been charged uh, with harassment and intimidation of witnesses. And in the president's case, the former president's case, he's testing the limits of free speech because the, the argument is he is trying to discourage witnesses from coming forward, witnesses from testifying. And with respect to both Meadows, which was earlier in the week when he made some comments, and now Bill Barr, uh, the fact is, is that uh, the court is again going to have to look at whether he is violating it and uh, what, if any, sanctions would be appropriate to curb that because because parties still are entitled to a fair trial, even with First Amendment rights. Right. We're talking with Michael Coyne, Dean of the Massachusetts School of Law here in Bryan and Company. A couple of quick questions. First on New York, and then uh, I want to talk about Georgia. You know, Michael Cohen... He's lied under oath, and there are mm. credibility issues there. And this case, I believe, is not about a guilt or innocence. It, unless they get throw it out, it's about how much money he's got to pay and what kind of business he can do in New York. How, how do you view uh, someone who takes a stand like a Michael Cohen, who has been discredited, but you know now has yep. sort of come clean? Like I don't know how the legal mm. world would view him. Now, in a normal case, Michael Cohen wouldn't be given much uh, weight whatsoever because he's a acknowledged, yeah. acknowledged perjurer. 
uh, extensive, extensive compromising situations he's found himself in. But the thing is, in this situation, he is the one that was the fixer for the president. So, yes, he's engaged in a lot of criminal acts and inappropriate acts, but he his argument is he did it at the direction of the president. He still isn't uh, a great witness by by all accounts. Uh, but the the fact is, is that there is an argument and it's a, there's an old saying that goes with it. If you lie down with dogs, you come up with fleas that, you know, if you're going to try the devil, you go to hell to get the witnesses. Michael Cohen is a is a bad witness, but he's what you have under the circumstances. So the 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 the, the good news for the government there is that it's a non jury trial. I think a jury would have a great deal of difficulty separating out what's truth and what's fiction right. uh, from Mr. Cohen. And what's what's your sense of what's going to happen in that case? Well, I think he will be his business activities in New York will be curtailed. He will have to forfeit some of his assets there, uh, and that'll be a big blow uh, as to his uh, status as a billionaire and a successful businessman that he touts as he, on the political on the political campaigns. Uh, but, so it is problematic, and the likelihood is that he is definitely going to be substantially impacted here. He has no jury. He doesn't like the judge. Judge uh, doesn't appear to care much for him, even though there is ample evidence, in addition to Michael Cohen's testimony, that supports that over the years he committed financial fraud at various times. Listen, we're talking with Michael Cohen from the Massachusetts School of Law. Let's transition to Georgia, because this is the the real question I wanted to get into. When you have the Cheeseboro gentlemen, Sidney Powell, Jenna Ellis, they, they, they make a deal they flip. Uh, do you anticipate a cascade now of flipping? And then what? how does that impact Donald Trump's case? Uh, it impacts it significantly. The fact is, is that uh, when the lawyers start pleading, uh, having likely looked at the evidence and realizing the threat of incarceration is significant, to be the early men out here, means that they've made an assessment that the case is strong enough, the RICO case, that they, someone is going to go to jail here and they don't want it to be them. So the last people standing here will be holding the bag. And that likely uh, is based on his past uh, experiences will be Trump, who defends everything on a scorched earth basis, uh, Rudy Giuliani, who's likely, and perhaps Meadows as well, uh, since they are also the most senior leadership of the of the criminal enterprise, uh, it would be appropriate that those folks, if they in fact hold out to the very end, will likely uh, be incarcerated if the government is able to obtain a conviction on those charges. It's easier now because they will have a half a dozen to a dozen witnesses who are uh, co-conspirators testifying against whoever is left. Right. It's a it's a significant blow for Trump's defense in this case. Well, that, my, my my understanding is that they they did their testimony before, like they they already did the testimony, so they can't be influenced by other things now that this news is out. And I'm always amazed, Michael. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. No, 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 no worry, Brian. Um, but getting the first one is so huge. Were you surprised that they were able to do that? Uh, I was surprised at who it was. I, I actually thought. For instance, Sidney Powell will hold out to the end. I didn't. I thought she was a, an absolute hardliner, and for that matter, look at Jenner Ellis, who that's a 180 degree turnaround. So it's not surprising to me that 
the uh, lawyers and some of these higher up, the white collar criminals, as you would see it, would do a deal quickly because lawyers, for the most part, we're soft people. <laughs> we know we won't do well in jail. Um, and we also are tend to be pragmatic people and recognize that uh, this, there's going to be convictions here. And it, the sooner you are out, the less likely uh, you are going to be the one left holding the bag. So it's not surprising. It's surprising who yeah. fled out as quickly as they did. It's not surprising that there are pleas when you have this many defendants who likely are going to face some period of incarceration if, in fact, they go to trial and are, conv- and are convicted. All right, Michael, great stuff as always. It's great to catch up. If I don't talk to you before the Thanksgiving holiday, which maybe we will, maybe we won't, but enjoy. Okay, Brian, you as well. Thanks, Michael Coyne, the great Michael Coyne.